the Badlands. Explain those Badlands. That's a hell of a name. What's up, everybody? Good morning and welcome to The Brief. Today is Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. It's not the last day of uh, February, though, because it's a it's it's a leap year. So tomorrow is February 29th. We only get we get one of those every four years, which is exciting. Very exciting. I always feel bad for people that were born on leap year. Um, if somebody born on leap year is in the chat, let me know um, how that hurt you as a child, because I feel like only having a birthday every four years would kind of suck. Uh, good morning, Stay Mac. Good morning, Diana D11. It's good to see you. Good morning to Whiskey Girl and Joe 04. And oh, you guys were having a whole conversation before other people came in. Uh, Fat Chance, good morning. Flying Storm and Magravator. What's up, Mags? Good morning to RFF Pack and David's Dog Spa. Oh, scratch the pups for me, Dave. David's Dog Spa listens uh, while he's washing dogs. And, um, that's, that's, that's the Lord's work. My dogs smell. I wish you could, I wish you were here to, uh, wash my dogs. Cause I have to get the teenagers to do it and they never do a good enough job. Elquities. Good morning. Uh, Cinco 64. Good morning. M. Kathy Lee. Tone Ranger. Garbear. Christy G. Grace and Grit. It's good to see you guys. And let's see. It's sorry in this thing, it's hard to kind of follow and I don't want to miss anybody, but I also don't want to be reading names for the entire hour. Baba Ganesh, good morning, Judy Friends and Scheisler. And let's uh, let's get into the Badlands news brief. But first, before we do that, oh my gosh, you guys, we have in the Badlands news brief today, we have a story from the New York Times where they are attempting to paint Mr. Bradley's testimony as good for Fanny. I cannot wait until we get to that part. Um, and we will get to that part. But first, are you concerned about the $6 trillion at stake in the upcoming 2024 election? Well, Wall Street Journal has reported a critical issue, the looming decision on extending tax cuts scheduled to expire after 2025. Republicans advocate for extending Trump's tax cuts while the Democrats lean towards letting them expire and increasing taxes on top earners and corporations, potentially creating a massive $6 trillion gap. But fear not, there's a way to protect yourself from this impending threat. Join thousands of hardworking Americans who are taking pro proactive steps to safeguard their savings. Visit BadlandsGold.com to claim your free 2024 gold and silver kit and fortify everything you've worked for. You may even qualify for up to 10% back in bonus silver, but hurry, supplies are limited, so don't leave your financial future to chance. Act now to diversify and shield your savings against the uncertainties ahead. Get your free 2024 gold and silver kit today at badlandsgold.com and take control of your financial destiny. So close to uh, hitting it right at the right at the end of the video. Um, all right, let's get into the Badlands News Brief. Uh, as a reminder, this is at badlands.substack.com. Burning Bright puts this out every Monday through Friday, and many of us other uh, other Badlanders participate in creating takes on the news of the day. And um, when you head over there, please uh, hit the hit the like button over there and subscribe over there as well. Uh, Shysler says, I love when you air the court cases. That's a fun time. It is for us too. I, I cannot tell you how much I enjoy when we are all just together in the chat watching dystopia unfold and um, trying to figure out what's going on with these with with all of these novel legal cases. 
and um you guys you guys make it fun so uh, i appreciate i appreciate that scheisler and i agree with it as well it is a great time to hang out today's badlands news brief is entitled trump trounces haley again as the media spins and yes they are definitely spinning i'm telling you guys i think it's the second article uh it's it's if you if you watched the hearing yesterday it's gonna blow your mind what the new york times is attempting to accomplish here Trump marches to victory in Michigan primary, though with a familiar note of caution. I totally forgot that the Michigan primary was yesterday because uh, I was so I was so sucked into the fanny vortex. I think we should. That's what we should call the 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 Rico case is the fanny vortex. Former President Donald Trump easily won Tuesday's Michigan primary, continuing his march towards the Republican Party nomination. But his opponent, Nikki Haley, continued to, sco to score a significant enough percentage of the votes as to raise questions about the president, former president's standing in the general election. No, no, she didn't. She didn't. She should be embarrassed. Trump appeared on path to win roughly 70 percent in the state's GOP primary that will increase the pressure on Haley to exit the race, though the former U.N. ambassador said she plans to remain in it at least through the March 5th Super Tuesday primary when 15 states hold nominating contests. The former president has swept the primaries so far, nothing cl notching clear wins in Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina. And while Haley drew more than a quarter of the vote, she did not match her, share her vote shares in the last two head-to-head -head contests with Trump in South Carolina, 40%, and New Hampshire, 43%. That suggests that as the campaign becomes more nationalized on Super Tuesday, she may struggle to replicate those stronger performances. Yeah. And also she's losing funding. So um, there was that hilarious zero hedge how, uh, headline. I think it was after, I want to say it was after New Hampshire, um, where one of her donors, the the headline was um, like, like pulls out of Nikki Haley after something, you know, uh, inappropriate. Um, that was back with the other one. And then after South Carolina primary, the Koch brothers pulled out of Nikki Haley. And so the idea that she can keep going, you've got to, you've got to ask these questions. I mean, what is, what is the goal here? I think, I, I think that there is something else going on besides Nikki Haley. Um, you know, just thinking that she's the best choice when literally nobody else does. The more we see our take, the more we see out of the MSM in 2024, the more firm I am in my belief that a deep state archipelago has developed in the wake of Trump's departure from office, a la John Harold's devolution research. I think one of the debates we have most often in the info war centers around control, but I think coordination might be a more effective and worthwhile trend to track, especially when we see a lack of it from the other side. Headlines out of the establishment usually march in lockstep, advancing a predetermined narrative's designed to seed predictive programming, forward agendas, or massage mandate for subversive eventualities. That said, we're seeing increasing divergences, and the Nikki Haley campaign is one of them. While half of the corporate media is lambasting her entire run, the other half is sounding faux alarms toward Trump on her behalf. I don't think they know where this is going any more than we do, so they're hedging their narratives at every turn. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I, uh, I'll be on with Brian, um, you know, in the next hour. And so we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll be looking at the details of the Michigan primary, but I was seriously so 
so um, caught up in the Fanny stuff, uh, you know, and and then uh, the the moon landing, which is another take of mine in today's article. That um, yeah, I I I, uh, I I didn't I totally forgot it was going on. So I'm excited to tune into that uh, and you know talk about that in the next hour. And uh, let's talk about Fanny. This is the New York Times. Key witness says he doesn't know when romance between Trump prosecutors began. In a potential setback to former President Donald J. Trump and his co-defendants in the Georgia election interference case, a key witness testified on Tuesday that he had no knowledge of when the romantic relationship began between the two prosecutors leading the case. Defense attorneys are seeking to disqualify Fannie T. Willis, the district attorney of Fulton County, claiming that her romantic relationship with the lawyer she hired to run the case, Nathan Wade, who's paid almost a million dollars for it, has created an untenable conflict of interest. Ms. Willis and Mr. Wade have said that the relationship began only after she hired him in November 2021. Trump's lawyer has accused them of lying, and um, Trump's lawyer certainly has accused them of lying, but this was brought by Michael Roman, uh, Michael Roman's lawyer. For weeks, the defense had suggested that the key witness, Terrence Bradley, the former divorce lawyer and law partner of Mr. Wade, could provide crucial testimony contradicting Mr. Miss Willis and Mr. Wade. But Mr. Bradley testified in court on Tuesday, quote, I don't know when the relationship started and that he never witnessed anything. Lawyers for Mr. Trump on, and other defendants hammered at Mr. Bradley's credibility on Tuesday, reading aloud text messages he wrote in January that appeared to suggest he knew more about the prosecutor's relationship than he was letting on. In text exchanges, Mr. Bradley told a defense lawyer, Ashley Merchant, that the romance between the prosecutors be began before November 1st, 2021, when Miss Willis hired Mr. Wade. Do you think it happened before she hired him? Miss Merchant asked Mr. Bradley in one text exchange which was ever entered into evidence. Absolutely. Mr. Bradley replied the New York times. All right. You guys watched it. You watched the hearing with me. What, what with, with us, I should say, uh, Brian and ghost. And I, what, what do you guys make of that? Was that a setback for, for president Trump is Mr. Bradley lying on the stand, a setback for president Trump, or is it a setback for Mr. Wade? and Miss, uh, Miss Willis. I think it's the latter. And I don't think Mr. Bradley helped them at all. Even the New York times admits that they had that absolutely in there. Excuse me. That sneeze was building for a while. All right. So here's my take, but you guys watch this. Uh, most of you, I think watched this, uh, with us yesterday. And this is, um, the, it, the, this New York times framing that Mr. Bradley was somehow, uh, a blow to Mr. Trump, to, to president Trump's case. That's very silly and does not match what we watched yesterday. Our take. The hearing on the disqualification of Fannie Willis on Tuesday saw the return of Mr. Bradley to the stand to answer questions about his text messages with Ms. Merchant, Michael Roman's attorney in the broader RICO case. That's another thing. Sorry, I'm going to pause right there. That's another thing is that the New York Times says that the defense, uh, Trump and the defendants were hammering at Mr. Bradley's credibility after they said, uh, had no knowledge of when the relationship began. 
So the New York Times is definitely running cover for for Fannie Willis right now. I don't think that that's surprising. But the fact that they said um, hammered his disqualification by bringing up some text messages, the entire reason we were hearing from Mr. Bradley again is because of the text messages. The text messages were taken in camera to determine whether or not they were able to be um, looked at as evidence and and that whether or not Mr. Bradley was going to have to answer questions about them. And then it was determined that he had been misinterpreting privilege all along and he did have to answer questions about them. And then they, he answered questions about them and he was impeached multiple times on the stand. But, there's, but the New York Times is saying, oh, they brought in these text messages as though those are somehow relevant. These people are criminals. Mr. Bradley as, uh, was impeached a number of times on the stands about on the stand about his recollection. His testimony revealed the convenience of Mr. Bradley's memory as it pertains to Mr. Wade. In evidence now is the fact that Mr. Bradley told Miss Merchant that Willis and Wade's relationship absolutely started before they claimed, according to the text messages. On the stand, Mr. Bradley testified that he was just speculating and he couldn't recall why. That's couldn't recall why he was speculating, but he was totally speculating. Didn't have any reason to be saying what he was saying. Mr. Bradley also reviewed Miss Merchant's motion, made edits and said, looks good, though he now claims he was only referring to the inclusion of his edits when he said looks good. The movement spent time making it clear to the judge that Bradley had reviewed the motion and uh, did not advise Miss Merchant of any other defects than his prior edits. At the end of the line of questioning, it was clear that Bradley uh, had reviewed and effectively approved the motion alleging the details of the relationship. The star of the hearing was President Trump's attorney, Steve Sadow, who who ravaged Mr. Bradley about his prior testimony. He repeatedly hammered uh, hammered the witness as to why he would speculate to Ms. Merchant about the allegations against Mr. Wade, whom he considered a friend. When he knew Ms. Merchant was filing the motion and pursuing these allegations against Mr. Wade and Ms. Willis, Bradley didn't have any good answers for this, and the judge eventually made Sadow stop, but not before the absurdity of Bradley's testimony was beyond a doubt. The hearing will be back on the record Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern, and we will bring it to you live as it happens. All right, so um, let's check in with the chat and see what you guys think. Because I'm real interested. You guys watched it too. I, I like that. I, I saw that New York Times. And first of all, when I wrote my take, I was just writing it on our Rumble stream, right? Like, oh, we just watched this and here's the take. I didn't actually read this New York Times article until this morning and got fuming mad while I was getting ready for the show this morning. Uh, well, you know, listening to the to the brief and listening to the New York Times spin in a move potentially harmful for President Trump. Keep dreaming, New York Times. Like nothing that you're trying is working. And the idea that Mr. Bradley's testimony in any way helped Willis and Wade yesterday. Again, we're talking about the appearance of impropriety. Not good. Not good, guys. Houthis deny Israel media reports. They sabotaged Internet cables under the Red Sea. The Houthi military spokesman has explicitly denied any intention to knock out undersea regional Internet cables. In a fresh Tuesday statement. However, he reiterated that the Iran-linked group's top goal is to block commercial shipping and supplies to Israel. The full statement is as follows, cited in Al-Mayadeen News. We quote, we are keen to spare all cables and their services from any risks and to provide the necessary facilities for their maintenance. The decision to prevent the passage of Israeli ships does not include ships belonging to international companies 
licensed to carry out marine cable work. Over the past few days, there were two days, there were widespread reports that up to four undersea telecoms cables in the Red Sea area between the Saudi city of Jeddah and the state of Djibouti were damaged. As we reported below, the operator Seacom reported connectivity problems following reports which originated in Israeli media sources. Sky News Arabia, Arabia had also picked up on the reports on Monday. For months, there has been speculation that this Red Sea waters, which has been seen of daily Houthi attacks on international shipping, as well as Western, Western coalition warships, could be subject to sabotage of, a, of global fiber optics lines. However, sub, such sabotage campaign would be difficult to carry out, given it would likely require submarine or deep water equipment and capabilities, which the Houthis likely lack. Zero hedge. Um, it's funny because that last line, this line here reminds me of the Nord Stream. And there's a Nord Stream story in here as well. Um, everybody, do me a favor, please, and uh, smash the thumb. We very much appreciate it. When you smash the thumb, it helps us climb the leaderboard, ties into another uh, a, a number of other metrics that are important to us at Badlands. So please make sure that you're hitting the thumb. It really is um, one of the best things that you guys can do. Cinco64 uh, says, Ash, did you see Bradley say dang when he read his text? I didn't. I'm going to have to go back and look at that. Um, it's not surprising to me because those texts were pretty devastating and it was kind of clear that he had forgotten some of it, I think. Um, which is unfortunate for them. I, I really, and, and all that stuff's in evidence, right? So, um, we will see on Friday, we'll have even more evidence. They're going to have the discussion about the cell data, whether or not they're going to reopen evidence to bring in the investigator, um, to talk about the cell analysis and, uh, then summations and, Anything else that comes up, there's some other motions on um, misconduct and other things. So Friday is going to be absolute fire. Make sure you guys tune in. All right. So um, I love the lead of this this take. I think this is uh, Simon. Let's see. Yeah, this is Simon Esler. And again, this is on the Houthis. I, I know I just totally uh, um, <laughs> talked about Fanny in, in between the story and the take of this Houthi story. But uh, I couldn't help it. I um, I I, I can't, I'm so I'm so obsessed with this drama between um Wade and Willis. I think it could be a a, a daytime television drama, and would at least go one solid season because of how absolutely delicious it is. Our take. If I was a raging globalist, hell-bent on world domination, looking to construct all the moving parts of a narrative that justifies a sudden internet blackout in North America. I would probably use everything that's going on with this Houthi story. Firstly, the possibility of a blackout would first be pinned on radical group that is completely alien to Americans' everyday lives. A group that people literally need the news to contextualize. Then I would lean into the ambiguity of that same group denying involvement and get the two sides of an extremely polarized war all emotionally riled up. I would make the initial damage somewhere far away, like India just to see the notion of terrorist-based internet outages to the American public. Then, I would set a vague but upsetting timeline for repair at least eight weeks long. 
All of this would create a useful fog of war so that when I need an internet blackout, let's say to stop some really damaging revelation of something like, oh, I don't know, evidence of rampant elite satanic pedophilia, it would be super handy. I'm not saying this is for sure what's going on. It could just be a coincidence that these moving parts are all just chilling, waiting at the beck and call of the desperate shadow government. Or not. Simon Esler. It was a good take. Uh, and then, as I said, of course, we have the uh, the Nord Stream coming up as well. It um, snowed yesterday and it was really warm in the morning. Uh, oh, Cinco 64, if you have a link of that, drop it in the chat here or um, send it. I don't know. Send it to me some other way because I would love to play that. Uh, and certainly we should play it on daily when Brian and I go back through it. Um, so it snowed yesterday. It was really warm in the morning. And then by, you know, late morning, I went and dropped off my son at school, um, coming back to get ready for the Fanny trial. By the time I got back home, school's like five miles, three to five miles away. Um, so, you know, six to eight, we'll say six to eight miles, uh, round trip. By the time I drop him off and get back, the weather has completely changed and then within, you know, a, an hour, it started dumping snow. And now I feel like I have a cold again. So I apologize for, like, sniffling and whatnot this morning. I really can't help it. Denmark drops probe into Nord Stream gas pipeline sabotage. This story is incredible. Denmark is dropping the investigation over what it described as a deliberate sabotage of the Nord Stream pipe, uh, gas pipelines in 2022 due to insufficient grounds to pursue a criminal case, the Copenhagen police said on Monday, gas leaks in each of the 12, uh, each of the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines were discovered at the end of September 2022 from the infrastructure just outside the Swedish and Danish territorial waters in the Baltic Sea. Mm. Nord Stream 2 was never put into operation after Germany axed the certification process following the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Russia, for its part, shut down the Nord Stream 1 indefinitely in early September of 2022, claiming an inability to repair gas turbines because of the Western sanctions. An investigation launched by Swedish authorities concluded that the leaks were the result of detonations, likely the result of serious sabotage. But earlier this month, Sweden's authorities concluded a preliminary investigation into the Nord Stream blasts, but found they lacked the jurisdiction to continue as the incident occurred in international waters and involved no Swedish nationals. Therefore, Sweden ended the probe in early February. Denmark also ended its investigation on Monday with the Copenhagen police saying in a statement that, quote, the joint investigation conducted by the Co Copenhagen police and the Danish Security Intelligence Services, PET, into the Nord Stream explosions has been concluded. Oilprice.com. Oh, my goodness. So we get that uh, Tucker Carlson Putin interview where Tucker asks Putin uh, who blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. Putin chuckles and says, well, you did, of course. And, you know, then they have this cute little back and forth. Oh, I was busy that day, whatever. But Putin's saying there was the it was the CIA. It was U.S. intelligence forces. Seymour um, uh, Hirsch said the same thing a long time ago. Right. Years ago, said the same thing a year, at least a year ago. 
And now we have this story. We we knew um, that that Sweden had dropped their investigation because of juris because of jurisdictional issues, and now Denmark is doing the same thing. And this I find really interesting because it really does appear that somebody told these guys to stop. And uh, we're we're supposed to believe that Germany is still looking still looking into this. Um, Let's not forget also that uh, we know, so we know it was intentional sabotage. That's what their earlier, earlier investigations produced was that this was intentional sabotage. Wasn't just a leak. It wasn't like a whale bumped into it and the whole thing spewed. They actually, you know, somebody planted charges down there to blow holes in these pipelines. And the only people with the capability to do that are nation state level actors. And the people with the greatest motive to do that are the, you know, NATO alliance in this respect. So uh, we had, you know, oh, it's, you know, this... The, the U.S. isn't going to interfere with this investigation. This is being done by Sweden and Denmark. And now they're dropping their investigations because they uh, they can't really figure out a path. They can't really figure out a way forward to bring charges into this and to, um, uh, you know, to, to, to publish to the world what actually happened. Are we meant to believe that Sweden and Denmark got to those uh, conclusions themselves? What do you guys think? Tell me in the chat. Put a one in the chat if you think that this is totally legit and that Sweden and Denmark are just, you know, they went through the investigative process and there was just no way that they could bring an actual case against who did this or two, somebody got to Sweden and Denmark and that's why they're dropping their, that's why they're dropping their uh, investigation. It's, it's, this is some really gross stuff. And the fact that, yeah, yeah, number two. Yeah, exactly. Um, the idea that that this there shouldn't be accountability for this crime that that because you know so the argument there would be because the damage is mostly done to Russia, it's fine because war, right? But the damage isn't mostly done to Russia. This actually hurts the European en- energy economy more than anybody else. And yet we're still covering it up. Our take. I think this is burning bright. Yeah. Denmark has officially joined Sweden in dropping its investigation into the sabotage of the Nord Stream pipeline, citing insufficient grounds on which to continue looking into the case, which is a slight spin on Sweden's own excuse that it didn't have the jurisdiction to continue the investigation, something that apparently took them over a year to determine. Buried in the reporting in both instances is the tantalizing morsel that Germany is still continuing its own investigation into the matter, but that it is unknown whether or not any report will be made public. This makes sense to conspiracy theorists, also known as people who are right about almost everything all the time. As many of us suspect Germany itself to have signed off on or actively participated in the CIA planned sabotage of its own energy infrastructure in a false flag meant to draw the enforcement arm of the Western hegemon, also known as the USMIL, into direct conflict with Russia. Thank God for devolution. Burning bright. Yeah. Boy, I sure hope so. I sure hope so, because if not, man, then this idiocracy that we're living, it's, uh, we're, we're close to end stage. We're close to uh, Secretary of State brought to you by Carl's Jr. 
that's where we're that's where we're at. Certainly, the uh, Secretary of Defense. Intuitive machines. Actually, you know what? Before we head into the rest of these stories, let's talk about our second incredible sponsor. And that, well, for processing, is AeroTags. Are you tired of the endless cycle of buying and tossing those paper tree air fresheners? Enter AeroTags, where their dream was to, tr- to craft a solution to this very problem. AeroTags are the first ever laser engraved, resentable car air fresheners made right here in the USA. Born in the makerspace of the Cleveland Public Library, AeroTags is not just a business, it's a revolution, a testament to the American dream. These are not just uh, about re- refreshing your space, but about doing it better. With a commitment to longevity, aesthetic, sustainability, AeroTags are designed to last longer, look great, and reduce waste, replacing those fleeting scents with something you can count on. Don't forget to grab your Badlands Media AeroTag now available. Visit badlandsmedia.tv slash AeroTags, that's A-R-O-T-A-G-S, and use promo code Badlands for 10% off your order. One more time, that's badlandsmedia.tv slash AeroTags, promo code Badlands. Oh, I actually made it three seconds before the end of the video that time. I want to show you guys uh, my Badlands Media Aero tag. It's very piney. Smells like pine because that's the the scent that I put on it. But basically, they're you know pretty good, thick size. This isn't going anywhere. It's not like the paper trees. It's it's solid. And uh, if I you know didn't have this on just so that every time I had an Aero tags uh, ad, I could pull it off and put it um, in front of the camera for you guys to see. Then I would definitely have it hanging from my mirror. And I'm probably gonna get another one. Um, they also do custom stuff. So like you can get like your family, um, you know, monograms and, and family seal type stuff. You can have them do, uh, custom things, which you could then, you know, give out to all your family members at a family reunion or something. I don't know. There's loads of use cases for them, but they smell amazing. And, uh, the scent lasts the really well, high quality construction made in America, uh, which you can't beat. And, um, yeah, so everybody check out your arrow tags, badlandsmedia.tv slash arrow tags. And as much as I hate doing this story without Patrick, we've got a soldier on everyone. Intuitive machines, moon mission nears end. Shares crash harder than lunar lander. Shares of intuitive machines plummeted once again in pre-market trading following the announcement by the space exploration company that its Odysseus moon lander is expected to lose communication capabilities today. Flight controllers intend to collect data until the lander's solar panels are no longer exposed to light. Based on Earth and moon positioning, we believe flight controllers will continue to communicate with Odysseus until Tuesday morning, Intuitive Machines wrote in a post on social media platform X. Intuitive Machines posted an image of the lander on the lunar surface. While landing late last week, the lander tipped over when it touched down. This landing position means the solar array cannot be properly deployed and antennas are pointed towards the moon's surface, slowing communication down with operators on Earth. Without the power, the lander's heaters won't work, so it might not survive the frigid lunar night. Shares are down as much as 27% in pre-market trading in New York from the high of nearly $14 a share before the landing last Thursday. Shares have crashed 67%. Zero Hedge. Tweeter Trash says, I love that no one gives a crap about the eclipse. Let's keep it that way because they really want to give us 
uh, moon stuff for some give give a give, they really want us to to give a crap for some reason. That is actually kind of the premise of my take. So thanks for the tee up, Twitter trash. Well done. Uh, I love the symmetry of this story. The Moonlander broke a leg, tipped over, and failed to deploy its video camera. And since this drama got underway, shares of intuitive machines have lost 67%. This is the kind of seemingly unintentional narrative disaster that results in involuntary giggles. Also, why can't the cameraman that they left up there from the first moon landing just go and, you know, tip the tip, put the thing right back right side up so that there's no uh, no communication issues? So many plot holes in this story. Seriously, though, why are space narratives ubiquitous right now? They really want us gazing at the stars and wonder, are they setting up the alien narrative? Quick Google search for aliens and UFO reveals dozens of articles in the past 24 hours as I write this. The top hit on UFO, the search term UFO, is Axios, quote, mapped UFO sightings in Georgia. Fafasa. Now I may be getting tunnel vision on the AI thing, but check out Google's top hit on aliens. Deseret News. Could AI help scientists find aliens? And the subheader reads, quote, scientists have been using AI to help them find extraterrestrial evidence, but there's also talk that the aliens could be extraterrestrial AI. This is a religion. Mark my words, in a few months, this talk is going to develop into super science proof, and we're going to discover that AI was our creator all along. Abs and I talked about this on Sunday's Culture of Change, Skynet Rising. They are already setting the narrative that AI will be a god from an intelligence perspective. Sam Harris said that we need to make sure to build, quote, a god we can live with. Now consider that cyber vulnerability reports are also ubiquitous. Basic here-on-earth technology domains like security are a challenge for all the technologists. Basic technology is foundational to advanced technology. Something doesn't add up with this, with this narrative. All that to say, I believe the AI-alien mashup is a faith-based religious endeavor for the science community and a New World Order plot. They want us gazing at the stars in wonder, waiting for their god. All right. And then uh, we got when this this is a crazy story. Um, the this surge pricing on a Wendy's burger. So like I want a Wendy's burger. I'm going to go get it, which I haven't been to Wendy's in years. So uh, but like let's say, you know, you're like, I want to go get a Wendy's burger and you go at lunch or dinner time and it's like a dollar more because they're making a lot of burgers right then. Like when your Uber costs more because there's a lot of people demanding rides at that time. It does not change the price of a burger. You can't turn a burger, a product into a service. They're applying a service pricing model to products and it's very silly. And Medbed says that all fast food is poison. And yes, of course it is, um, except for Taco Bell. Wendy's planning Uber-style surge pricing where burger prices fluctuate based on demand. Wendy's is preparing to test an Uber-style surge pricing model where the cost of menu items will fluctuate throughout the day based on demand, meaning a Dave's burger will cost more during the lunch or dinner rush. 
The fast food chain's unappetizing plans set to be tested in a high stakes rollout next year will squeeze more money out of an already inflated inflation battered Americans who may not have the option to get their meals during off peak hours. Taco Bell is not nuclear waste. You're hysterical. You need to calm down. Wendy's CEO, Kirk Tanner, announced the new system on a call with investors, noting the Ohio-based company will invest $20 million on high-tech menu boards that will be able to update prices in real time without occurring, incurring additional overhead costs. Why don't you um, put that $20 million into your supply chain? There's an idea. As we continue to show the benefit of this technology in our company-operated restaurants, franchisee interest in digital menu boards should increase further supporting sales and profit growth across the system, said Tanner, who rose to the chief role earlier this month, to which anybody with a brain in that boardroom or on that that, um, investor call should have said, I'll take things that are never going to happen. Tanner didn't put a ceiling on how much the dynamic pricing model could spike the cost of a meal and whether the base price would actually fall during slower periods. New York Post. Well, I'll bet you a dollar that the uh, the base price is not going to fall during slower periods. The price of the Uber doesn't go down just because nobody is requesting an Uber. It goes up when too many people are requesting an uber when when a lot of people are but they don't then you know it's not like at some point you're going to get a a significantly cheaper than normal uber ride because it's an off-peak time that's not how that works this is just another way to take value out of americans pockets and set it on fire with inflation stop stop buying stop eating uh stop eating breaking ash says everybody should stop eating um stop eating trash and and poison as medbed said um next you're gonna tell me medbeds that the original uh, burger king chicken sandwich is bad for me and i will never speak to you again um i'm kidding i know it's bad for me but it's still delicious uh, so yeah, stop stop participating in this. The fact that they are going to take a service based um, pricing model that does actually have indications tied to uh, demand, right? The 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 ability to serve their customers if there are so many customers that impacts their demand. The price of that ride may change. It may be more expensive sometimes. The price of creating your burger doesn't change with with daily demand it changes with supply chain impacts that beef costs more the buns cost more whatever that impacts the cost of a burger but those are longer term indicators that's not changing your burger price from between the morning and the evening based on how many people are buying burgers that is like so it's so sinister it makes me really really angry all right quote i can't help but think about the war for health, freedom, and medical sovereignty that was ignited by the COVID mandates when I see fast food chains like Wendy's struggling to exist. If this was a chain that had any benefit to humanity at all, I would see the relevance and an upset that they are potentially ripping people off. The problem is that they were already doing that because when you eat there, you're paying to poison yourself. So much drama. Should there be fear that McDonald's and Burger King may follow suit? No. Stop paying to poison yourself. Let these weaponized food systems destroy themselves. Fully agree. 
We cannot enter an era of medical sovereignty and health freedom unless radical individual responsibility for everything you put in your body is a cultural norm. Uh, no, bunny. Labor costs do not increase with, with the volume from morning to evening. We're not talking about, uh, so, so their labor costs may be different in the morning than they are in the evening, but that's not the indicator that they're tying to. They're tying to demand. They're trying to increase volume. They're not calling in additional workers to work those burgers. The additional volume on the evening shift, when the evening shift is fully staffed, is not impacting the cost of a burger. It's, I'm sorry, it's not happening. Your labor costs over the, over the longer indicator may be going up because you might require more people for those shifts. But the, but, the, but the price of creating the burger is not fluctuating throughout the day. Not even with labor costs. All right, we have bonus items. So let's first, let's first talk about angel paste orange. Guys, attention, all proud patriots of the USA. Are you ready to elevate your skincare routine to new heights of natural luxury? Introducing our premium sweet orange infused angel paste meticulously crafted with the with only the finest food grade plant oils for your indulgence picture this the vibrant scent of ripe oranges invigorating your senses with every application while nutrient-rich oils deeply nourish and hydrate your skin what sets this version of angel paste apart our secret weapon sweet orange essential oil loaded with vitamin c I lost my place. One moment, please. A powerful detoxer known to revitalize and brighten your skin. Made with love and dedication in spring Texas, Angel Pace embodies the essence of American quality and purity. It's not just about the luxurious experience. It's about embracing the spirit of wellness and natural living. With each pump, you're not just trading your skin. You're making a statement, a statement of allegiance to the land of the free and the home of the brave. Angel Paste embodies the value of values of freedom, purity, and excellence that define the American spirit. Join the ranks of those who demand the best for their skin and their country. Elevate your skin routine, skincare routine with our sweet orange essential oil infused angel paste, where the natural ingredients meet American pride. Because in America, we believe in nothing less than the best. Go to badlandsmedia.tv slash angel paste and don't forget, don't forget to use promo code Badlands to pry a dollar from Patrick's hands. That's badlandsmedia.tv slash angelpaste, promo code badlands, and your skin will drink it up. I'm very excited. Uh, it hasn't it hasn't gone out yet. Uh, they're, they're still on pre-order, the orange, but I'm super psyched. Um, for super psyched for the orange. Uh, so I am um still still fuming about this fast food story. And I do think that the answer is to completely stop patronizing these businesses. Stop paying to poison yourself, as Simon said, and as uh, a whole bunch of you guys said in the chat. I'm not, uh, I'm not suggesting that, that you guys weren't right on that message because you absolutely are. Um, I, I think the other underlying indicator is that businesses actually are trying to figure out a way to stay afloat because this economy is strangling them. And when, in the case of Wendy's, it's fine. It's fine. Let's, uh, let's let them get strangled. Um, okay. I'm this are we're into our bonus items now. I'm done with Google. Wholesale loss of trust after unbelievably irresponsible racist AI goes mask off. The fact that Google's 
Google's Gemini AI is a complete woke mess. Comes as no surprise to anyone who's been paying attention. Between Google's internal culture and the fact that large language models are largely a reflection of their creators, Gemini was the predictable digital poster child for racist, anti-white, anti-conservative, historical revisionist culture as opposed to the neutral purveyors of information they claim to be. Mask off, as they say. In fact, we couldn't sum it up better than Mario Jurek, director of the uh, DRAC Institute of Washington at the University of Washington, Seattle. In a lengthy post on X, Jurek says that despite no, despite knowing many good individuals working there, he's done with Google. Zero hedge. Uh, that's good. It's, um, you know, I think it's a bit aspirational. It's kind of hard to be done with Google because so much of the cloud infrastructure runs on Google. Um, they're, I think they're the third largest provider, second to um, Amazon and Microsoft, unless Google has has surpassed Microsoft in the past seven years since I was, uh, you know, working in that space. Um, but Google is the, the, I say that because Google's uh, cloud infrastructure is underpinning a lot of the business, uh, but you know, business technology infrastructures, every company is a technology company now. And a lot of those technology companies are running their technology on Google. Uh, second, ch second chance says uh, Google is underneath much of the internet. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you can, you know, you can be done with Google search. You can say, I'm not going to play with AI Gemini anymore. Sure. Okay. Um, but if you want to be done with Google, you're going to have to get it. A lot of the underlying infrastructure, of the technology that runs our world can't just be done with Google. You can be done with their consumer products. You're kind of, uh, kind of attached to them for much of the rest. GOP leaders optimistic on spending deal after meeting with Biden. Congressional leaders emerged from a meeting with Biden on Tuesday saying they were optimistic about averting a partial government shutdown at the end of the week, but remained short of a plan to do so before a Friday deadline. Speaker Mike Johnson, who is facing intense pressure from Mr. Biden, um, who, you know, intense pressure has got to be a stretch. Democrats and Senate Republicans to to agree to a spending deal over the fierce objecti objections of right-wing lawmakers in his ranks suggested he might be ready to do so in the coming days. We've been working in good faith around the clock every single day for months and weeks, and over the last several days, quite literally around the clock to get that job done, said Mr. Johnson, who met with the president one one-on-one uh, -on -one after holding a group session with Mr. Biden and the other three top congressional leaders. We are very optimistic, he added, saying that preventing a shutdown was our first responsibility. Senator, Senator Mitch McConnell, the Kentucky Republican minority leader, gave a similarly upbeat assessment to reporters at the Capitol. Well, we're... Well, we're making some real headway on the appropriations process, he said, probably before glitching for five minutes. The New York Times. Biden hopes for a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas in Gaza by Monday. United States President Joe Biden says he hopes to have a ceasefire in Israel's war on Gaza by next Monday as negotiations to halt hostilities and secure the release of captives appear to gather pace. Biden's comments in New York came on Monday as Israeli media reported that an Israeli military delegation had flown to Qatar for intensive talks. 
The negotiations mediated by Egypt, Qatar, and the U.S. seek to secure a six-week-long pause in fighting between Israel and Hamas to allow aid into Gaza, where the United Nations say some 2.3 million people are on the brink of famine. The proposed pause would also allow for the release of dozens of captives held by Hamas in return for the release of hundreds of Palestinian prisoners held by Israel. When Biden was asked what he thought when he thought a ceasefire could begin, he said he hoped for a truce to take effect within days. Quote, well, I hope by the beginning of the week, by the end of the week, end. Well, I hope by the beginning of the weekend, by the end of the weekend, he told reporters at an ice cream shop in New York. So presidential. My national security advisor tells me that we're close. We're close. We're not done yet. My hope is by Monday we'll have a ceasefire. I'll take things that won't happen. That was Al Jazeera. And that is the brief today, everybody. So um, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Uh, oh, it's always good to hang out with you guys. Patrick and I will be back together tomorrow morning. And um, what else? Badlands Daily is next. So I'm going to go get some more coffee. You guys can see my, my coffee's a little low. And you fill it up and warm it up and uh, then jump in to join Brian. So I'll see you guys in uh, nine minutes. But on your way out and over to Badlands Daily, please make sure that you hit that thumb. It is the number one uh, metric that we look at. Also, um, if you're looking for other ways to support Badlands Media, you can head over to badlandsmedia.tv and click on the the support Badlands button. Um, in fact, let's show that. We have a couple minutes so we can show that. Badlandsmedia.tv. There we go. And screen share. Hold for processing. All right. So you can head over to um, badlandsmedia.tv. This is the boost page. You can see uh, we've got, oh, we've got a, a why, we wo why We Vote one. We're going to um, definitely read that on Friday. Um, I also think this is this was in regard to our coverage yesterday. Um, so thank you so much, Renee, for that. And we will uh, definitely be talking about that on Why We Vote on Friday because that was how it was um, tagged. We got some, uh, some, some ones on the special coverage yesterday, which is fantastic. You guys are amazing. But you can um, go here to Badlands Boost and you know put in whatever show you're watching or if it's special event coverage. We now have that because of one of our amazing listeners said, hey, there's no special coverage. So now we have special coverage. Um, you can also hit you know the Badlands Shop. Um, this is the, this is the Badlands, uh, shop where, you know, we have pretty much everything you could, th here's the thing. If you're going to be buying something, check America first, first, try to shop in, in our country, try to help our country, uh, become great again in all of your purchases. All right, everybody, uh, that is going to do it for the brief this morning. And like I said, I will be back in now seven minutes. Um, so have a, have an absolutely phenomenal day and I'll see you guys in seven minutes. Thank you so much for joining us and don't forget to hit the thumbs up on this video and a special thank you to all of our advertising partners. Please remember to shift your dollars to support those businesses. Okay. Sorry. Hang on. I just realized that there's a rumble rant that I didn't read and I don't want to do that. And unfortunately, oh, shoot. So the rumble rant was from Kitty and it's disappeared. Oh no, there it is. Okay. Hang on. It says, uh, with all the news this week so far, I think many missed another important event. 
Senator Johnson had another C-19 related hearing, and it's important to watch Long But Worth It on Rumble, Senator Ron Johnson. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Kitty, for the rant, and thank you for the tip. I will check out the hearing, and now I'm really going to go as soon as I can grab the video. Okay, all right, bye, guys. Thank you so much for joining us, and don't forget to hit the thumbs up on this video. And a special thank you to all of our advertising partners. Please remember to shift your dollars to support those businesses that support Badlands Media. 